to The Intern Whisper. This show is all about the future of work and innovation and also sharing a weekly intern whisper tip of the week. So this one is the gift of being flexible. If you can teach that to your um, interns, that would be, and your people, that would be the best thing that you can do because flexibility is a gift that means that, okay, well, if you can't make this deadline, what is our next drop dead deadline, you know? And maybe you can be able to also point out that flexibility comes with, um, you can extend it to expectations, to deadlines, to communication. It's a very, very critical skill to have and something that people will thank you for. All right, so today's guest is Alex Steele. He is one of our editing people that has, uh, I hesitate to say intern. To me, he's kind of graduated past that now because he's hung in there with us done a great job on these podcasts so thank you Alex thank you for the compliment I appreciate it you're welcome and he was showing us earlier our employer um nope they are what I learned stories I call them that that's what they're called yeah. round table I know that's what Landon calls them <laughs> anyway um so I do want to give a little shout out to Landon also so Landon did our headshots and you'll see those more than likely on this show uh, when Alex is sharing them and also when Becca shares them as social feed. So today's guest, like I said, is Alex Peel. He's here from Valencia College. So Alex, tell us five words about you and um, why. Okay. Um, well, it's funny because you asked me the same question when we first I first got introduced to you. And that's the kind of how I, uh, my best way to put it is like kind of understand myself a little better. So the first word I would use is creative. I'm always on the hunt trying to create new things. So I'm always trying to make something or just kind of film something or edit. So I'm always trying to do that. Another one I would use is, my friends more describe me more than anyone else is stubborn. If I have my way for something, I'm very like, I gotta get it done this way. No other way can be possible. But I am kind of willing to be like, if they sit me down and be like, okay, we need to do it this way instead of this to kind of save time or to save management. Remember that word I just mentioned, flexibility? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, trust me. It's something I'm trying, like, trying to make a film has taught me a lot of steps like that. Um, another word I would use is busy. <laughs> like, working with me, you've noticed how, like, I've always said I've always had a week or two or I'm just kind of going every day, bam, 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 bam. I barely get time to rest, but when I do rest, it's I never get like to calm down. I'm usually just going to someone else, You're something else. On adrenaline and Red Bull. Oh, trust me, <laughs> it's always like that. Yeah, it's funny because you mentioned Landon earlier, and I kind of talked to him about it. And the one thing he asked me was, "Well, uh, once you're done with a project, what do you do after that? Do you relax?" I'm like, "No, I just keep going to the next project. I just never calm down with that." Um, two more words would be. I consider myself a funny guy. <laughs> so when I'm around people, I try to make jokes and try to make a life conversation. I kind of like to keep the mood light and just kind of have a good time with people. And for the last one, I say dedicated. That's just for myself. I like to keep myself on point with stuff and try to get done at a certain time, trying to get stuff done right. I don't like wasting time. Time is the biggest thing for me. No, there is no do-over with time. Right. We, we think there is, but many times there's only, we don't remember this, there's 24 hours in a day, right? Mm -hmm. You can only do so much. And after that, you're oh, yeah. going to collapse. Time is, time is special. And I have friends who just aren't the best with time. And I'm very like, if we sit at 10 o'clock, we got to be at 10 o'clock. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they would be pushed back to 11, 12, and I get antsy. So when I say stubborn, like those, all those things mix and make me who I am, but. I don't know if that's stubborn to me. It's just being respectful of time. 
and being somebody that's got good standards. standards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would describe you as somebody that has standards about how you like to work, how you um, want to portray your work that you're producing as well as yourself. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I, I always want to push myself. That's what the one thing I told Landon is like, driven. I always, yeah. I That's always... the word. <laughs> very driven. Yes. Yeah. I totally uh, agree with you on that one. So I know that when Alex is finished uh, with being on the show, one of the things that all of the people that work in video, their job is to take out every one of those little ums that we have in the show. So it sounds perfect. And I love that. When I listen to it, I go, that's what it's supposed to sound like. Flawless. Okay, so education. Where did you go to school? We're right here in Valencia College's radio studio. So where did you go to school? Why do you want to be in film? All of those different things. So to start in middle school, I went to a, I won't say a small town, but it's like lesser known, Lakeview Middle School. It's all the way down like uh, Oakland area. Like it's pretty far from here. And I went there in my seventh grade year. My mom's like, hey, try out the video, like the video recording podcast, like uh, not the podcast, but um, morning show. It was like the morning announcements, all that. So I did that in my seventh grade year and I wasn't the best at it, but like I had, they kind of told me I had a personality of being in front of the camera. So I was like the news anchor for all that. And then as time began, I was going to high school. I kind of developed a bit more into film and then I got accepted to Dr. Phillips High School. And then from there, they have a VPA magnet, which is supposed, supposed to like uh, focus in on specific arts. So I focused on TV. So for four years, all I focused on was my TV skills and that's it. I did other things, of course, but my, when I got to the, uh, like my junior, senior year, I focused all on film. I just didn't care about anything else. I put all my efforts into film because that's what I knew I wanted to do. So I have a question. Uh -huh. When you're saying TV skills, do you mean in front of the camera or you were talking about TV production and editing, which is so, completely different? When I started, it was in front of the camera. I always I was the news anchor. But when I got into high school, I realized I had more of an act of creating stories, editing, and filming. Not necessarily the filming part. I will still do it, but the creating stories and editing part, I have a knack for that. And like I know it because I just I I'm confident in my skills. Right. And so for four years, I decided to put all my effort into that. And from that, from then I just continued doing more film things. And so I, um, in my, in high school, I created two music videos that won at my local film fest. I created a documentary that also won at my local film fest. And one of those music videos made to like the county level, not county, I think. You mean it won an award? It won, it, all of them won awards on my, on my local uh, film fest, at my high school film fest. And then one made it to like, you know, OCPS has a thing where they kind of push it out a little further. Mm -hmm. So it went to state. And I think it went national, but I got like second place. So it didn't go pretty far from there. Mm. And that's how, that's how far my film has gone. And since then I've been creating stories, filming stuff, editing things, and just continue to be going on. Do you have a favorite genre that you like to focus on? My, like my friend asked me this a couple of days ago. He's like, what do you want to make? And my favorite is like slice of life. I love creating stuff that people can relate to mm -hmm. because it's like, I, for me, I find human interaction, the most interesting thing about people. Like you and me are two different people, but we uh, interact with each other. We learn things from each other. That's just people to people type things. And I want to create stories that always uh, people can learn from. Got it. So the next thing, um, do you, well, when you talk about those, to me, those are more documentaries. But are you thinking big screen movies, like 
Yeah, like I'm Deadpool like, three. <laughs> um, I'm thinking not, not documentary, but like short stories type things. Like I create a story where you like you. Um, my favorite example of this is if you ever seen maybe Life of Pi is a good example. Like they create a story about a character and he goes through a journey. He learns something at the end of the story. That's what I want to create. Someone watches a story at the end of the day, like I can relate to that character. I learned something towards the end of this movie. Mm. And I want people to kind of get that from the stuff I make. Got it. Interesting. All right. So one of the things that we've also talked about as a department within the company, this is not on, on script, <laughs> is having the opportunity to win some awards. So we were looking at what are the awards that are available for people that do ads. And here at Valencia, which is where you go to school, <laughs> which we did not say, go Valencia. Uh, go I don't Valencia. know. What's their mascot here? Do you know? I am not aware, no. Yeah, I have no idea. We'll have to look that up. Yeah, I should have mentioned that. Also, I did Valencia in my high school years. Like, I was dual enrolled, so I did Valencia throughout my high school years as well. Oh, wow. Dual yeah. enrollment. Wow. That says a lot. <laughs> so you would be, we'll say, 17, and you were taking your first year of college at that time, so you should be, like, two years ahead of track. I'm actually, yeah, I'm actually getting my uh, technical degree at the end of the semester and then transferring over to FSU. In the oh, spring. FSU, not UCF? Yeah, FSU. Oh, you okay. tell it, girl. Go ahead. Yeah, okay. Well, FSU is a really good school, too. I did go to school there also. I did not graduate. My first two years were University of Florida. I transferred to FSU, spent too much time with an ex-boyfriend, <laughs> and plunked out, got sent home. So, you know, then I was paying my own way through college is what my parents reminded me of instead of them uh, being so generous with their money as they were, <laughs> I have a completely different attitude of it. Uh, side story. So going to FSU, they have a good film program there? They, again, the most schools I've been to, they have kind of programs to set in the film program. And I went over there like a couple months right before COVID. It's so right before the lockdown and everything else. And I went to go view their film program. And they dedicate themselves, like they have camp, like, dorms right next to the film program they have their own locker space they have their own green screen room like they dedicate themselves on their film program and most of the people who graduate from fsu from the film program have made kind of big motion pictures if i knew some i would name them off the top of my head but it's been a while yeah that's okay you might want to edit that part out <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay got it um all right so you're gonna go to fsu and then is this a business that you're gonna start yourself or are you wanting to go someplace else so, so California, <laughs> my big plan type thing is to kind of make a name for myself. I, if I can make it to Los Angeles or if I can make it to New York, I would. But with everything I'm trying to do, I'm just trying to make a local level be like, hey, I make it a try and build a resume, sort of say. So I'm trying mm -hmm. to make films here to kind of build like, hey, look at my repertoire of stuff I made. And so you can look on YouTube and be like, oh, look, he made this, 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 and this. And see like, oh, I want to judge what he made from there. So from there, I kind of want to keep building a repertoire, keep building a repertoire of like good stuff that people can relate to. And then my name gets good, like my name kind of grows in the sense yeah. from there. All right. You have a plan. That's great. <laughs> a lot of times people haven't thought through their, their go-to-market strategy for themselves, <laughs> so to speak. And it looks like you've really got a good plan. There. All right. Very good. Keep connecting with people on LinkedIn is what I would suggest. And go to some of these industry events. Do you know any of your industry events? that are for the local, like I'm it's usually It's news, usually but... film fest that like, they have local film fests here, but like to get into them, it's kind of a harder thing to do. You've heard of Enzion, right? No, I have not. What is that? Oh, okay. E-N-Z-I-A-N. Enzion is a um, 
indie uh, movie house that's over in the Maitland area. Mm -hmm. And they do film festivals every year. I have volunteered at them. You can meet all kinds of people. Wow. So look up the Enzion Film Fest Festival. They do uh, social injustice ones. They'll have focus on environmental, you know, all kinds of specialties. But uh, different tracks for sure. But it is this one big, I think it's in April, honestly. So look it up. Check it out and uh, go volunteer. You'll okay, yeah. really be glad that you I'll did. definitely check that out. Yeah. That's something right up my alley. Yeah. And then Rollins College also has a really big film festival. Uh, they don't have a film school as such, but they're very involved with things like social justice uh, at a pretty high level. Um, peace, anything about world peace, they, they do that too. So yeah. I think, in well, the Enzion, the family, the Tiki family is the, are the the family foundation that supports the Enzion Theater, but they also support Rollins College, so I think that's where they should get married. Okay, I'll definitely check that out. Okay, so we talked about education background and all of that stuff. Now, what three skills did you learn from this experience of working together that you think is the most valuable? One of the biggest ones is time management. That's the one thing I kind of learned the best. Like when we first started talking, you definitely told me like not to stress myself about how to get all the stuff done. But from that, I kind of learned how to manage my time a little bit better because I was finishing episodes on the Tuesday when it was supposed to air and trying to upload them, and I was up until late trying to fix everything yeah. and all that. That's super stressful. You're telling me for all of us. <laughs> oh, it was a <laughs> yeah, four a.m. trying to upload things to YouTube and Facebook and all that, which mm -hmm. is definitely thing. But now kind of working, once I got into a good flow of it, you saw how I'm, like, I'm very easy to get to draw stuff done and yeah. very fast on things. You picked it up super fast. Oh yeah, They're like having the skills background with this, I've kind of, I know my editing skills and I know what to, like how to help me out in the long run. Mm -hmm. So I've used small tips like in my edit to kind of get the snippets and all outtakes ready for when you're ready, when you say, okay, we're good to go, the snippets or outtakes are ready as soon as, you're, as, soon as we're up to upload. Mm -hmm. And so time management, I've learned to kind of, push everything back a couple of days, have it ready beforehand, not the day of, have it submitted, ready, scheduled, work so on the next one. in a production mindset. Oh yeah, 100%. Yeah. That's one of the biggest things that I kind of implemented in like trying to make my own things. Mm -hmm. um, the second one would be learning just to kind of communicate. That's the biggest one, just trying to- Yeah, we can never over communicate, right? Right. Never. <laughs> <laughs> um, you have a big team here. Like I have to work with people like Becca and I have to work with Nick kind of tell them, hey, here's this for this, here's this for this thing. And like telling them, just working with them and working how to work with a person is big, the biggest thing from that. So communication goes a, such a long way with that. Mm -hmm. And communication, to be clear, it includes your listening skills, your verbal skills, your written skills. And to me, it's also body language, I think. Oh, 100%. That's just human nature. Just Everything you do just kind of tells you who you are as a person. And I've, if I didn't, this is just a little side note to me. If I didn't pick film, my minor would be psychology, just because I like how people work. And I always have that interesting tidbit about how people function under certain situations and just learning how a person kind of acts. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting to me. Mm -hmm. um, as a third one, mm, it's hard to say. So, there's such a lot of things I've kind of picked on. I'm trying to find one that's really, um, really prevalent. So I'm gonna throw some things at you. Research, problem solving, critical thinking, collaboration. I think that's what I want. I would say problem solving. Okay. Problem solving was one of the biggest things when we first started doing this. It was like, 
you um the email thing i didn't know i didn't understand i'll do that and you talked to me you told me how to kind of work around that situation and send emails out to john Schedule and Q. Them in right and like talk to them and everything i've mentioned just goes hand in hand with each other the uh communication the time management the problem solving just all that kind of goes hand in hand that's why it's so hard for me to think of a third one but the problem solving was a big thing like i would have problems uploading uh videos up to youtube because it would just takes so long and he told me to just kind of worry about or do them here oh, just gosh. because it would yeah, upload faster so much faster right and then there was uh issues about sending out emails and um all that and then we fixed that the day right after like you got in contact with me and we just kind of knocked it out so problem solving you're right communication they all go together so does research every single one of these skills they build on top of each other i would i would never I don't know if I have to pick just one that I think is the most important one, I'll pick uh, communication because communication is the one that gives the most grace and mercy and <laughs> forgiveness. If that's the order that it's going to go in for somebody doing something or not doing something and doing something, I mean, like they did it wrong or not doing something because they didn't understand. Right. And there's ne like you said earlier, there's never too much communication. Like everywhere. No. just talking to a person person, that's always growth. You can always learn from that and always kind of prove yourself. Mm -hmm. I think that the thing that I would say that is super important that I think uh, I'm guilty of, I think you are, and I think a couple of other people are. Well, actually, everyone. Our our world moves so fast and people don't take the time to read really what it is that's being said. They skim and then they're missing things. They miss either a key word or they're missing whatever the context was. So I think that I would even throw the ability to be self-aware and also pace yourself. I know one of the things that you and I did is I said, okay, look at my calendar, look at how I schedule everything. Did you find using the calendar oh. an effective way of managing your time? Oh, 100%. Now I kind of like know what I have each kind of day. And because you can look at it and go, okay, did you color code it too? <laughs> Not color code. It's more just I want to see it. And it's like, okay, it's there. I got it. I'm good. And truth be told, with my weeks, it's like I have it switches every week. It's not like I have something planned every Monday, every Wednesday, every Friday. It's like more like, okay, you got to do this Monday, this Tuesday, this Wednesday, this, and go on and on and on. And have a day of rest is just hard to do. You went on vacation during the time, and I said, so just really enjoy your time. And we had a call even while you were on vacation. And I think it was because so what happened was um, it was like an emergency. There was, there was an episode that I didn't finish because you gave me the one after that one. Yeah. And then you, so you, I had that episode finished and you're like, did you finish the previous one? I was like, uh, no. And so you're like, can you, I was like, we'll just switch them. So we just kind of communicated yeah. around that and we just switched the episodes around. And I got that one done and the following week done. Like, in, I think the day right after I left vacation. Yeah. It was like an emergency. I had to contact you because we were missing the one. Nick well, wasn't able to get you're, the show. You're talking ready. about, um, it was Jason Cross's episode. That was just a couple of weeks ago. Yes. Right. Yes. That was that Monday. I just came off of class and I got the text from being like, hey, this episode isn't done or it wasn't finished or something happened along yeah, the Nick episode. Nick wasn't able to do the one that was supposed to be in the queue for mm -hmm. the next play. And you were ahead of schedule. So we were able to flip it. That is so <laughs> vital. Be right on top of your skills or right on top of your your work and you know your skills and ability to process things more quickly because how long it took you to 
edit the show is like night and day between now, wouldn't you say? Well, it's funny because that previous night, I usually, when I go home, I usually sit down at night and just kind of watch the whole episode just to kind of go through and know what I got to take out, when we're going to put in, all that. So the night prior, I finished the episode. As soon as, soon, as soon as you text me, hey, when you get this episode done, I was like, okay, as soon as I'm home, I just got to add a couple things and boom, mm-hmm. it's done. So that's why it was so easy for me to turn that around to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, being able to do it. I found that by having the show, everything loaded into our drive, uh, the day of that we did it, it allowed people to just go, boom, they got it done. It wasn't, I don't know, we're finished by seven. So technically the show, six, really, 6.15. Um, they would be able to start editing it and make it hopefully be flawless, right? Right. Okay, so we're moving on to the most influential person in your life and why. Hmm. It's it's hard for me. I would have to choose three people. One that's okay. One would have to be my best friend. It's 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 funny because most people choose like someone older as them, someone as like a mentor. But for me, it's my best friend just because. For me and him, we've been through a lot together. He's the person who kind of pushed me to do film. Mm-hmm. And so when I went to high school, I didn't, I went with no friends. I didn't have anyone to kind of talk to or know. And then I just moved here. That's unusual. It's weird. Well, with Dr. Phillips' VPA program, you no matter where you're located, you can always go there. Oh, so none of your friends. So all of them went to West Orange because that's what's the closest college to them. I went all the way in the opposite direction to Dr. Phillips, oh, I see. which was like a 20 minute drive for me and <laughs> a mess. So I basically went with no friends. I didn't know anyone. And then throughout the months, I kind of met my best friend and he was in the film program as well. And so what we would do would just kind of start talking, start doing stuff together and start working on projects. And then as the years progressed, we kind of got this bond together where we always had this underlying competitive nature in ourselves we always try to push ourselves to do great projects and help each other out at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I don't know if you remember, but when we first met, you said I showed you a project that we did. I just finished over the summer. That was my best friends and we worked mm-hmm. on it together. And this was something that uh, he wanted to do. And I said, no matter what, I'm gonna help you do this. Yeah. And when I do projects, he's the same way for me. And so with that, I kind of have a good person to kind of lean on and he leans on me. No, you haven't said this person's name. You need to give them uh, <laughs> I don't know if I could or not. Um, oh, of course. He's going to hate me after this, but um, Anthony Landesini. Very nice. So, Anthony, you got your little shout-out here. <laughs> you know, two-minute moment of fame. Yeah, so he, on, like, a little um, plug for him, but he's a great filmmaker, and he's a great person. Like, he's on a go place, and I really believe in him, and he believes in me, so I believe that both of us are going to grow great places. Cool. Um, another one I would choose is my film teacher. A lot of people who I've kind of leaned on are people I've chosen film because that's where I learned most of my kind of skills in life. Um, with my film teacher, he's the one who kind of pushed me to do great things. Okay, we need a name. <laughs> Funny enough, he works, he was working here last semester. His name was Robert Jagir. Okay, so I do not know that instructor. He teaches in the video film department. So I didn't know that until my junior year. And I had him for four years. It was when I came in, it was his first year teaching at Dr. Phillips. So we're kind of the first kind of, I'm the first graduating class. And so we kind of had that good bond, just kind of, we knew each other. We always worked, talked to each other, all that stuff. And this is a short story, but back in my junior year, we had a project and I just bombed it. It just, I over, like I want so much from it and I wanted to do so many things, but at the end of the day, I just couldn't achieve it. And so I was in a very, just kind of, I don't want to say bad place, but it was just like, I wasn't confident in myself. Mm-hmm. And I, he talked to me and he said, Go try to do something else. Try to push yourself out of that comfort zone. Just do something. 
And so I made a music video and I was like, I'm proud of this. It was very personal to me. And I was like, I'm just proud. And that year, that was my, that was my first win in that local film fest. And that's the film that kind of went on to national, I think it's national, national level. Mm-hmm. So those two people kind of really shaped who I am and why I chose this career so much. And then for my third, I would choose my family. My my family supports me no matter what. And like, I wouldn't say names because I don't want to be like, oh, this is more than my whole family supports me. Mm-hmm. And they all help me in their own certain way. And they'll be, be here forever if I gave them all shouts individually. Well, you can, you know, start with just parents and siblings, but do you have, how many brothers and sisters? I, I have one brother. Okay. And <laughs> is he, are you older? Or I'm, the, I'm the oldest. We have a six year difference between the both of us. Okay, that's significant. And we are completely polar opposites. We're, it's like yin and yang at that one but I love them all the same and they all kind of helped me. They've all pushed me with this career. They've all pushed me with the choices I make. I wouldn't be here without them. They all know that even though we don't say it underlying, we all know that we all push each other. Mm-hmm. Is he in middle school? He is in middle school. Okay. Well, that is, does he like film also? <laughs> so funny little story, a couple of weeks ago, he had like a Hispanic cultural night and my, my old film teacher was there at the film, uh, the film play, uh, at the place filming. And he came up to my brother, he's like, do you like film? And my brother just goes, no, and walks away. So I'm kind of like the black sheep of my family. Everyone else is more like um, hands-on type of stuff. I'm the one who's more creative of just what I'm doing. Well, I think video is very hands-on. Video and film? Well, like creating stuff. They're, they're more kind of like, my dad's a mechanic and like a, my mom's a social worker. So they both have different jobs. And I'm just like that black sheep down the middle, which is like, oh, film is the one I want to do. Yeah. I don't think you're. <laughs> yeah. I don't think your family would call you that either. No, they're I don't think they would. Right. That's good, though. So the things that you're most proud of. You said you've already talked about. So some the, really cool things that you the are thing most I'm proud of. most proud of is I don't know if I could um show it but i the music video i made my junior year it was a music video by the uh song by kid cuddy it was called pursuit of happiness and i was just in a bad place and all that and i put all that into film with that i kind of learned to put all my pent-up emotions or what i feel into film and express myself through that way and so i made this music video it was like three minutes and like 50 seconds and i took six months to make that and that means the world to me so tell me about this Three-minute film. So, I'll just give a basic rundown. So, I had a. So, basically, what it's about is um, just people going through hard times. Life is just tough, and we all know that we all go through our type of like stress, anxiety, depression, all that. And in high school, that's just amplified. You're trying to figure yourself out. Mm -hmm. And during that time, I was trying to figure myself out and who I was. And so, my way of representing that was using sandbags, filling them up with rocks, and tying them down to the person. Like, like wait just using doubt, anxiety, fear. I had another one, I don't remember what it was, but just bad things that weigh you down. And I use that to represent just these, all these bad things weigh you down as a person. Exactly. And using that, I just kind of told people a story of just, even though all these things weigh you down, you have to be the stronger person to kind of push yourself forward. And through that, I use the story of the, I use the music and my, uh, the video technique just to push my, push that story further. You know what it reminds me of? A book that I read in college. It's called The Things They Carry. And it's little vignettes, Mm -hmm. little short stories of different people, you know, those that are serving all together in a platoon. And it's, like I said, it's just a collection of them. 
And it talks about how much something weighs, like how much does the helmet weigh? How much does the rifle weigh? How much do the boots weigh? Because they have to carry those things. But then there's also this priceless picture of somebody in their wallet. Those are the things that they carry, the dog tag. Anyway, when you were mentioning that, I was going, that sounds like that because it's a lot of weight. And no one knows how much that means to you. No one knows. Like a lot of people kind of carry that on their shoulders without talking to people. Mm -hmm. And that's a tough thing that just people go through. People just don't know how to express themselves. And so like myself, I didn't know how to express myself without using film. Mm -hmm. And so that was my big hurrah, trying to put myself out there, trying to put, tell people it's going to be okay at the end of the day. Mm, That is very, very true. I would recommend that you read that story. It's honestly, you'll probably have it done in about, maybe an hour, maybe less. It's very, very short. It's by, uh, let's see, I just Googled the name one more time here. Um, Tim O'Brien, B-R-I-E-N, O'Brien that way. Really, really powerful book. I mean, it it still leaves an impact on me and it's been you know, a good 20 something years since I've been in college. So yeah, I would recommend that one for anybody. It's, it just helps you get more centered. I like this idea. So what I'd like you to do, this is a special request, is to put your video, is it just music or is there any audio? It's it's a, mu- it's a music video, so it's like... I'll give you this. Right, and if people really want to see it with the music, it's just, just pull up the song Pursuit of Happiness by Kid Cudi and then just kind of play the video after it. I'll put it, I'll put it at the end of this video just where they can see at the end of this and I'll put it on the YouTube, is that okay? Yeah, I yeah, I definitely would like okay. that. But remember, we have a lot of people that listen to the show. Mm-hmm. And so what they would be hearing is the music. And that's why I'm saying use our music because that's fine. Yeah, okay. it's that's, that's totally free. Okay. And then we just need to announce who the artist is that you're selecting. I'm not sure which music you I can, can, I can kind of I think I might use Eli's. I think that Eli. I think that one might be the best. Elijah Sutton. Yeah. Elijah. Elijah. Sorry, Elijah yeah. Sutton. Yeah. I think I think his kind of would fit the best mood for that. Okay. Well, yeah. Just make you make sure that if you uh, choose to redo that video, just give uh, Elijah. Of course. Yeah. I don't. That's the one thing I've kind of learned. Just don't cut off people with credit. Yeah. Every this is a hardworking business. Just what we like with this podcast or just doing a video yeah. film. A lot of people go into this working on this, and a lot of people don't understand that. Yeah. This is a lot of work. And it, uh, definitely takes a lot. Anyway, so that would be cool. And I would like to be able to watch that video. So, you know. I, funny enough, after we're done this episode, I might have it on my phone. <gasps> so I could show you cool. it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I also want to make sure that we can get your video out there. So yeah. we'll do all of the Cat5 Studio podcast, and then you can leave space for that three minutes that the music will play. That way, when it goes to Cornell and WBBR, it'll be playing up there. You might ask, who's that musical uh, artist? And we'll be able to say it's Elijah Sutton. Right. Yeah, that's cool for him. But for those that are watching us on YouTube or also on Facebook, Facebook videos, yeah. they would be able to watch your video too. I would appreciate that. It's uh, I think it's something special. I, I well, love you it. already convinced me. I'm already <laughs> liking it. And I'm equating it to what I had read when I read the Tim O'Brien book, The Things They Carry. So I was like, oh, I would totally get this. Hopefully. It's something that has some type of uh, positive at the end, maybe? Oh, of course. And that's the big thing I want to push in my story. I always want to tell, even though we all go through a hard time, there's a good, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. And that's, there's always a positive. 
And like, I, I will go back to this. When I talked to Landon, I told him that every time I want to make a story, I want to push the envelope and always tell a better story for people yes. to leave with. I never want to leave someone on a downer now. Cause that's just, you don't want to, you don't want to, no, you don't want to leave people. Feeling right. Like you don't want to watch something just be like, Oh, okay. I don't feel that good. Yeah. You want to leave someone be like, there is hope. There is something better at the it's end of the like tunnel. Saving Private Ryan. Oh my goodness, that's like so sad. The oh. first twelve minutes of that movie, so intense. Oh yeah, it's and that I just is a little small tangent, but that that's, that's the power of movies and film. Mm-hmm. Just you can tell such an amazing story and get people's heart wrenches, uh, not heart wrenches, but just get get at people's hearts. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the story, you can always leave them in a better place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right. Does life exist on planets? You know how I like this question a lot. I'm afraid you're going to talk about men in black afterwards. <laughs> no, 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 So what do you think? Um, if, if it's out there, it's so far out there. It's really? It's got to be like light years out there. I don't think it's anywhere close by. Mm. I think it's in a different part, like a different mil- uh, galaxy or something like that. Something that we don't even know about yet. Mm. I don't know. I really think it's, I think that there's probably really aliens that are, and I don't mean from other countries, right, right. I believe that they're probably here, we just, and they're friendly. Maybe so. But who knows, you know, I do love Men in Black. I watched <laughs> the movie, it was on, I think it was on Peacock, mm-hmm. on that station, I watched all of them. Oh, they're, they're great. I went to Chicago one day and I sat down and watched the Men in Black movie, and I was like, this is just fantastic. Like. Another thing would just how creative people are. People just come up with something, just make like the Matrix. Oh, good movie too. Yeah. I watched the Blues Brothers. Oh my God, the music was so good. <laughs> oh, that's a such a classic movie. I don't even think you know that movie. I've heard of it. Yeah, you should watch it if you really like a lot of music. It's it's very very good. Um. Okay, so Lonnie Schneider, you picked four of our guests. Why did you pick Lonnie Schneider? Schneider as the one of the most memorable 2021 guests that we've had. Lonnie was my favorite story. At the end of the day, I really relate to Lonnie's side of story. I was just something about him talking about his kid and how he adopted kids and how he works with the Special Olympics resonated with me. That's just something you don't hear about every day. That's just something it goes under the radar to put it lightly. Like not a lot of people know about the Special Olympics and so put that word out there. Just it's something else. So when you go and play, I say the word so a lot. I sure hope you take out all the <laughs> that section in, but I do say it a lot. One of the things that they're looking for at the Special Olympics in 2022, which will be out in the Disney uh, area, I believe, is they want people that would come in and do film and editing. So I hope you go and sign up to volunteer. Funny enough, I think Lonnie, I don't know if you gave him my email or somehow, but he got my email and like the, as soon as that episode went out, he emailed me. You should remember that you're <laughs> adding the credits, right? Oh, okay. So that's probably why. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sorry about that. But um, he did email me. He was like, hey, I have uh, not a job offer, but like volunteer. Volunteer. Thank you. Opportunity. Yes. He was like, if you're interested, he plus I for the information, all that. I don't know. I might be in FSU at that time, so I didn't. I told him I'll let him know, mm-hmm. but I would be totally down to do that just to kind of work in that environment. It would be something special. I think it's a weekend. He mentioned it to Matt when we were doing the show. Matt just, you know, he really liked the Matt was such a good co host <laughs> with me. Anyway, uh, he invited Matt to come and participate, and he, of course, 
knows how to use social media. And I will tell you, his episode is one of the top 10 most downloaded shows that we have. I wouldn't, I, I just, I would get, uh, not guess that, but it was just so, you're right. It was just so wonderful. Like I, Mm-hmm. out of all the episodes when I sat down that I was just I was like I was engrossed in everything he would talk about I was like this is just amazing he was a great guest oh yeah the special olympics just so our listeners know what that is it's just a uh, special event that goes on recognizing individuals that have some type of a mental disability or a physical disability even just a disability but he Lonnie has two children two right that have Down syndrome. Yes. I think it might be three. I'm not sure. We'll say two. I think it's three. Okay, three. Yeah, because yes. he just adopted one. Yes. And some people were saying to him, oh, well, we think that you're really brave to do that. And he goes, what do you mean? You know, like, this is a child. It's just the same as anybody else's right. child. They want to be loved. They want to be seen. Yeah, it's just things. terrible that people would judge someone just because they act differently. The Well, I... I don't know if it's judging, perhaps I agree to with you to a certain extent, but I think that really it's not judging like, oh, that's bad. It's just that I think that most people go, wow, that's going to take a lot more time than raising an average child. Just what people think is a normal and everybody's normal to me. We have unique qualities that make us stand out. Is how I would describe that. However, Down syndrome are very high functioning and they also have just regular people like all of us. It was a story he told about his kid and his friend that like really got on my heartstrings. Am I okay to tell that story again? He was talking about the story about how they they moved, correct? And like he moved and his son always had a picture book of his friend and he would Mm -hmm. just hug it and all those type of things. And it would listen when he tells it, I'm not doing it justice, but when he would tell it, it would just Oh, it just warmed my heart mm. and it just it shows how much of a, a loving even with down syndrome his son is his son is such a loving uh person yeah really was and so for our guests make sure you know how to find this episode lonnie's name is spelled l-o-n-n-i-e and snyder is s-n-y-d-e-r do you know the episode number by chance i didn't well that's okay 173 I might be wrong. That's but. why I'm spelling his name, just so people know. But that's okay. Well, go to our Podbean or any of your favorite podcast channels and look for <laughs> Lonnie Snyder or Under the Interim Whisper. What portion of the show do you think you're going to share? We get to share like about, I don't know, six, seven to 10 minutes. Is there something that you want to really highlight? Is it going to be about the Special Olympics? It's it's the the whole show is great. If I would have to just watch the whole show, that's my favorite. Like my honestly, god favorite episode I ever edited. I I had a joy, like a pleasure doing that one. And you told me to too. You said here I want you to take Lonnie Snyder's, and I was like okay. And then I listened to it, and I was like I'm glad she gave me this one. Mm -hmm. I know I mentioned this earlier about the uh, his adopted child, but. I think you should see that whole episode to see that. If I would have to, I wanted to focus on the special one. Because I think mm-hmm. that's what people should get from that. That's what the whole episode's about. You are absolutely right. And I'm really glad to hear you say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think people need to know more about that and what he does. And just that sense of community he builds from doing the special one. Because it's something else. It's, just, it's so empowering to see what a small group, I don't want to say small group, but just a group of people can create. Oh, this is the map. Oh, yeah. No, you see the list and it's just bam, 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 all the way down. Yeah. 
That's really a lot of people there. Um, it is a global event, just so our listeners know, if you're, again, not aware of what the Special Olympics are. It's special from the sense that everybody's special, but for some reason in our society, we think that people with disabilities are less, when really they're more. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're way more than the, those of us that don't have a disability that people can see. And I, like Lonnie put it the best way, I don't think we should see a disability. Yeah. I, I forget the wordage or what he said, but he said, don't view it as a disability. Yeah. And I'm like, that's exactly right. Yeah. There's still people at the end of the day. We're all human. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Uh, let's see. Why would our listeners tune into this episode with this guy? With, You've shared a lot of really good reasons, great stories about. With Lonnie? Oh God, <laughs> to add more to it, he's just a great speaker. It, like The way he spoke, it just it's engrossing. <laughs> you know what I like that he said was when he was talking about his wife? Oh yes. Yeah, he gave her so much credit as to what a wonderful woman she is, how she actually has made him a better, a better father and a better man, you know, and a better husband. He just, so appreciates his oh, he he doesn't and kids right and he like he tells it all like he's he's not what's the word not self selfless he's a yeah. selfless person yeah. he's very like he doesn't do anything alone he's not gonna take responsibility for everything he's like this is a whole group of people i'm working with mm-hmm. and we're trying to do something great that's talking about his family that's talking about the special Olympics. that's just talking about everything he does in his life yeah i liked him quite a bit right what was interesting about his 2030 prediction Oh, God. <laughs> there was a special focus, and I'm using that word special, about how this Olympics will continue to grow, mm-hmm. and it will become something that helps to bring people together. I think that's significant. Uh, the automation, because he's also an IT guy, he talked quite a bit about automations and how that is going to be just accelerating everything. Because Special Olympics is a nonprofit organization, I would say it's going to be impacted by ability of people of people to be able to donate quickly and also participate. And hopefully, if we're talking, this wasn't in the show, but um, the ability to either see yourself in augmented reality or virtual reality participating at the event. That would be awesome. Oh, yeah. I and mean, I think we're getting there now, too, which is how much, like, my big example of this is just using television shows and they're using virtual realities type things to just get people in the audience because of COVID just kind of knocked a lot of that out. Yeah. And just, if you could do that on a Zoom level with big budget, and even though they're um, nonprofit, still to have that more, people get more recognition about it and mm-hmm. put more people in the seats and create, a, it's a different environment when people are there. Okay. Zoom or the in person, it's just, it's something else. And you've been like, go back to when I won, me feeling that energy when people actually react to my film is uh, it's a feeling I hold on to no matter what. Mm-hmm. That's something I cherish dear. And people should feel that feeling. Mm-hmm. So yeah, That's the difference, I think. Well, first off, we're made for relationships. Mm-hmm. And real relationship comes from physical proximity, not necessarily distance over a Zoom call or a video call or portal or whatever it is that you <laughs> use, Facebook, whatever or FaceTime. Anyway, all of these things are ways that we can find bridges to what is the real relationship. But I think that the real relationship is always based on proximity of being together, being around each other. 
there's nothing better than being in a person and yeah. been in a room of a person. You get to learn more about them than just being on a FaceTime or being on a call. Yeah. Virtual reality, while it's really good, it will not be so good that we can, it replaces experiencing something from the human side. Right. And it's, it's just something else. Like I, I can't even put into words how just people connecting is just a special experience. Mm -hmm. So Shalonda Simons Emmanuel, why did you choose her as a show that other people should listen to? So for me, that was the first episode you ever assigned me. And so that, that has a special place in my heart. She was so good. Oh, she was just fun. She was full of energy. I loved what she talked about. I just, I like that show a lot. And I will go back to it from time to time to see. I just, I do this thing where I compare it from down then. I, how she talked was just amazing. Mm -hmm. And so I always go back to it. I'm like, oh my God, just like I love her stories. I just love what she talks about and what she does. It's just, it's just a great thing. I think that's a very strong episode. Mm -hmm. Her show is the most frequently downloaded. Really? Show. It's gone <laughs> over, I, well, last time I looked at it was like a month ago, over 140 downloads. Wow. And that's just on this one place that we listen to. <laughs> it is like on Podbean. I don't know how it does. Apple, um, we do a lot more with Apple Podcasts. So I wish I could know those, those analytics, but unfortunately I don't. But her show is the strongest one. And it, it, it just shows. Like it, just, it was just so fun. Yeah. And I'm glad you started me off with that episode to edit with because I just, it helped me get a good sense of how everything would uh, flow after mm -hmm. that. Yeah. She is. You're right. She's a very good storyteller. She has a pleasant voice to listen to. Oh, so nice. So positive. And what she was there to talk about is work passion and how That's it right. relates to us in business. And, you know, really, she talked a lot about multicultural um, diversity, but using that type of diversity in the business place. I like that. I know her through the Good Network. A little shout out for my well, hers and mine professional association. I saw her as a speaker at a uh, an event at our Good Network conference, and she's dynamic. She's with a group called Urbander, and they focus on um, multicultural diversity specifically wow. in that organization. Uh, the gist of it all is that people really want to be valued and respected and heard. And I understand that, but I look at it from a three-year-old. You heard me talk about this. You just talked about in the uh, Kent and Randy podcast, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> three-year-olds. Every three-year-old. They go, oh, you're here. Like, you know, I show up on Saturday and my little three-year-old, one is named Canyon. And then the other one name is Joshua. And then we have some other ones. But those two little boys, they run right <laughs> you know, I just sit there and I go, gosh, they make me feel good. I always want to make sure I'm making them feel good. You know, they're not crying or going, no, I want to stay with my mom. No, they're secure. They're happy. They come here to learn. That's really And sweet. I think that's how, to me, we should behave towards one another in the workplace. Oh, 100%. Just treat people with respect is my biggest thing. Like, I never, even though I take a lot of roles when it comes to filming and stuff, I never want to yell at a person and be like, you're doing bad. That just it's just negative energy in the workplace, and no one needs that ever. No. It's just bad. You go home, that sits on you, and then just it just dog piles and builds up. Mm, so does. 
Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to take a moment and acknowledge our sponsor, Cat5 Studios. The Intern Whisperer is brought to you by Cat5 Studios, who help you create games and videos for your training and marketing needs that are out of this world. Visit Cat5 Studios for more information to learn how Cat5 Studios can help your business. Thank you, Cat5 Studios. Hey, so we're back for our show. In the second half of the show, we're going to be hearing about the other two guests that Alex has picked that he wants to spotlight as well as some mentoring advice that he's going to pass on to everyone else. Jason Krause. Love this episode. I just did that one. I believe that was the episode that I had to fix last minute. So that was the episode I put together and I loved his story. He was talking about, he wrote a book, I believe, right? Was Mm -hmm. that what his thing? They talked about how that process is and the steps he took to get to that. And um, for me, I want to be a screenwriter, so telling stories. So just seeing his process of how he did that I could, I could relate to a lot. And I think a lot of people can relate to because he told a story throughout it and like he tells us how, his process of what he did to get there. Mm-hmm. And I believe, was it a TED talk or was it a, it was a meeting he went to. Do you remember the name of it? No. But he said he was a part of a program that he was a part of and that's a, kind of helped him kind of. It was his school. I was it his school? school? Okay, it might've been his school, but he, something he did it in six months, which is, unordinary right. it was like oh wow yeah. and he tells him what he does for that it was cool right and it's just interesting just to see from a writer's standpoint making something in six months mm-hmm. so what portion of that show i didn't ask you about shalanda's but what portion of that show are do you think that you're going to pick to pull in there um i think i'm going to pick the part I with all of these check out the whole episode. I don't think uh, like you're going to miss anything. But the part that I think was most important, him talking about the book, mm-hmm. it's the first. I believe I'm saying this right. The first ten to fifteen minutes, he starts talking. You guys start talking about making a book yeah, and the process the about it, the right? And then from there, it just still keeps on going. And it's still a great show after that point. So I would say I would choose that point and put that as probably one of the best, the best part of that show. Mm-hmm. The whole thing's great, don't get me wrong, but yeah. that part's pretty good. What's super cool is that Jason is an investor. He invests in startups. And uh, how I met him was through, uh, not directly through him, it was Steve that I met, but um, through Female Founders Pitch uh, Session that's on Clubhouse. Steve is somebody that is one of the guys that uh, works with Jason. And Steve said, oh, we want you to come and be a part of the Prepare for VC. And that's uh, one of the companies that he he owns, but he also will invest in startups. And when I got the invite, that's really where I got to meet Jason. I said, Jason, would you come on and be a guest on our show? I actually was looking at uh, something on his social feed again that he put out. And I went, gosh, I got to bring him back so he can just talk about investing and what people need to know from the investor's point of view, if you're going to go and ask them to invest in your company, like from that perspective, but he also understands it from a different place as the person that's asking for the money. So there's two sides that I think you can really get quite a bit of uh, context. And that's an interesting point that a lot of people need to know. Like everything's a two side of a coin. So knowing both sides of what goes on in the industry and how people would ask about that, knowing both sides and how to communicate that if someone can learn from that, is a great skill to have. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Randy Baker and Kent 
Gustafson. So that's the most recent episode. And the yeah. reason I chose that one, it was just so much fun to edit. Oh my God. Was <laughs> that? I, mean, those two, I don't think it was it, the regular it, show at all. It wasn't Randy. It was mostly Ken just being himself. And I was like, oh, this episode's hilarious. He is so <laughs> random, isn't he? Oh, it was just so funny. I'm like, I was just listening to him talk and I'm like, oh my God, this very guy. Witty. Oh, very, so very funny. Quick. Very quick and very witty. Yeah, I would say that alone is one of the reasons why, without giving away too much about that show, as to why people should listen to it, but it was hysterically funny. But he was so funny, I swear. Okay, some shows just gotta go to the video. Oh, no, I think this this one, the Randy Kent one, is the one I just scheduled for, I believe, tomorrow. Yes, it yeah, it's tomorrow. tomorrow. So that one you should check out the YouTube, because I put that together, and it's just fun. <laughs> it is fun. And there were a few bleeps and there were some bad words. And I was debating on taking it out. And I went, you know what? I typically will take it out because our show does air and children do listen to oh, it. Okay. You know, and it's played during the day. And I go, I think I'll just go ahead and roll the dice and leave it. Well, there were some points where Kent kind of stopped himself. There was a point where he was talking about a song and I was like, dude, do not finish that sentence. Do not yeah. finish that sentence. And he stopped himself. I was like, okay, great. Yeah. Don't say that. <laughs> so good. And I, it was really funny, too, the part where Kent, he he mutes himself. Pointing, <laughs> pointing at Randy, and yes. And saying, you talk, you talk, you talk. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Is there a way that I can unmute him? But he, he was a hoot and a half. Both of those. Oh, guys. they're both great. Like, like, I know we're talking about, about uh, Randy. Randy was the one left early right was that yeah, Kent? That's Kent. Kent I know we're talking a lot about Kent but Randy was great as well like oh my god he's just a great talker like just hearing about what he does on like how he met Randy no how he met Kent yeah. and like how he started his company and just how he went from there like what he did it's just an interesting story mm -hmm. I know that's like towards the later half of the episode mm -hmm. but the first half is a lot of just kind of high energy and just yeah, fun to do back and forth banter yeah and then towards the end when you get more to talk to uh, Randy it just you get to learn a lot yeah. And so that was like that that episode stuck in my mind, even though it's fresh on my mind, just so much fun to do. Yeah, it's really hard to pick a specific spot. I'm gonna be very interested in seeing what you pick from that one. <laughs> just what I would ask is make it a balance between the two. I know that Kent was K Kent was ninety <laughs> percent of the episode. Yeah, he was a lot, <laughs> but he had a very quick, like I said, very quick, very witty very um, smart comments to come back with. And Randy is somebody that is a voice of reason and wisdom. It's it's funny because those are the two people I wouldn't see together working on something. Right? But then you see them together and you're like, oh my God. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I'm glad they choose, like, I'm glad two uh, different people work together. So you, they learn off each other. And you can kind of see a bit of uh, Randy and Kent and a bit of Kent and Randy. Mm -hmm. Like from watching it, I was like, oh, I can see a bit of mannerisms he picked up from that, a bit of mannerisms he picked up from him. And it's just, it's just fun. I will tell you that I found this one picture of Kent and I thought it was Randy. I thought it was a picture <laughs> of Randy. Turns out it was a picture of him and his dad. And I said, oh, well, take that one off. We're not using that one because, you know, his dad wasn't the guest on the show. But his, what was funny to me is that that picture of his dad resembled randy really and so i thought oh i wonder if that's part of the that's unique yeah, yeah probably so attraction in that particular uh partnership and in business relationship that the guys have because they were definitely uh, in sync with each other mm, like uh, what i think family would be like oh 100 it's very it was very much like <laughs> like you said uh 
Randy's the voice of reason in that. Mm-hmm. And Kayla would just go up and Randy be like, we got to, we got to be serious for we a moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then Randy would have calmed down for a bit and yeah. then Kent would go, no, Kent would go, go off for a bit. And then Randy would go and then just the cycle would go. And then it was just a lot of great things in that episode. So funny. So funny. All right. So over here, we're coming to the end of the show. It's so hard to believe. Uh, what is the best mentoring advice that you would share with our listeners? Not somebody else's advice, but your own advice. My best advice is to stay true to yourself. That's just in life and just a work way. Just always do something that you want to do for yourself. Don't do things for other people because you don't have a goal or anything like that, but do things that push yourself to do better. Mm-hmm. Like that's just like, if you have a goal in mind, go for it mm-hmm. type thing. I just believe people should keep going for their goals and not just kind of stay in the same one track mind. Like this is it. This is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. It's like, no expand yourself go and yeah. push yourself to do more things i will tell you this is totally off topic but you mentioned that you go you went to lakeview middle mm-hmm. it was so funny as soon as you said that that is the name of a school that was in stanford and that is where i taught seventh grade now really were you talking about but no it's no, a completely I... different school mm-hmm. anyway um it, i don't know why it just popped in my head i just wanted <laughs> to make sure that i shared that All right, so how can our listeners contact you? What social channels are you active on? LinkedIn, do you have a website with your portfolio? So my best way to reach me is, um, to like actually reach me would be Instagram, just because I check it the most often. I'm on it the most constantly. So I know I'll put the, I I will put it, but my- Do you do Instagram videos also? For what we released, I think I showed you the first video I made my friend, we put that on Instagram video. And the one I'm working on now, Hopefully I can put on Instagram video. That's a lot of moving parts I got to work with after this. But um, Instagram is my best way to reach me because I will I'll constantly check that and I'm free to do projects and stuff like that. My email is a good way to reach me. I'll check that a lot. Well, maybe be careful <laughs> if you give out your email because you can get a lot of spam. So. Okay. Yeah. Well, and then another good way is probably LinkedIn. And then there's a YouTube channel I'll link with the all the work I've done and my friend has done. We kind of have like a little... A little group together where we put videos out. Kind of a production company. Right, exactly. We don't not technically we have one thing out and a couple things we worked in the past, but it is a production company. A partnership. Right, exactly. Well, that is very, very good. All right. So here we are at the end of our show. And I want to say thank you to our sponsor, Cat Five Studios, our production team, Becca Coffee, associate producer intern, video and audio editing. Evening, Sayana Sanders, our interns, Nick Morales and Alex Gill. Music by Dave Francis, Sophie Lloyd, Charles Fleming, and Elijah Sutton. And sound effects, Matt Miller, Miguel Sinta, and Dave Visit employers, the number four, change at www.e4c.tech to learn how you can create real diversity and inclusion culture while scaling your people for the future. Thank you for listening to the Intern Whisper, and you can find us on your favorite podcast channel.